Um, welcome everybody to uh, another Bangers and Classics podcast um, and we're still going strong with me James Ruppert and him David Malloy and uh, what's David been up to? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm not quite sure really to be honest it's it's been a bit of a week from uh, a place south of here, shall we say? Yeah, uh, a subterranean place. But I'm not. I'm not even going to say that word on the podcast. I'm going to be good this week and not use any even mild swear words. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, no, there's not much to report at this end. I got some bits of the EV back. No, I haven't, got, haven't got the EV back yet, mind you. Oh, that's a shame. No, I, I don't know why it's coming back. In fact, it's not coming back to the house. It's um. It's going to be stored once it's finished because the risk of storm damage is mm. too great. Um, there's a lot of trees here, yeah. and I would hate to see it get wrecked. So it would be bad enough if I hit um, one of the cars or something like that or fell yeah. on my head, but the EV would just be that would be terrible. No, it would be. Well, so, yeah. It would be a terrible thing for the EV. I don't know about your head, David, because uh, I believe oh, yours, is, yours, is, yours is quite <laughs> thick like mine. I'm too thick to be offended by that, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I am so stupid, I don't realise how stupid I am. There you go. But that's because I'm a bit stupid, you see. <laughs> anyway. It affects us all. Anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, not a great deal. Um, uh, there was something I meant to tell you, but uh, that's uh, been completely forgotten. Um, uh, saw a, uh, a Volvo C70 Cabriolet um, uh, the other day, which is a, which is a working car. Um, someone parks it outside... Uh, a shop where they work, which is quite interesting, and uh, it's a sort of a slight, slightly scruffy one, uh, but it does prove that it's uh, being uh, um, run. And uh, I do like the C70, whether it's got a hard top or a soft top, um, and that's always quite entertaining to see. But the, although the hood is, seems to be wearing out, um, and this morning I had a, a, quite a close look at a Rover 75. Um, I had to go to a different post box. Uh, I was in a different area, and I had to shove some. Uh, uh, all my Christmas cards to you, David. I like to shove them in the box, right. and um, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and again, it, it's a seventy-five that I do see from time to time, and uh, it's one that seems to work for a living. And it's uh, again, it's very, very good to see it. Um, in that it doesn't seem to be pampered uh, or stored away anywhere. It's just uh, uh, doing its job, getting its owner uh, to work and back. Well, yeah, I mean, some people love the 75. I'm mm. not so keen on the styling. I believe it was a good car. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, well, it went the way of all things with the over, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you hear some snoring during the podcast, don't worry, it's not me. Oh, it's, right. one that, it's one of the dogs who's decided to, to accompany me today. Oh, okay. um, I must have sauce just tied around my neck or something. Again, yeah. probably. <laughs> Vegetarian sauces, of course. I hate oh, absolutely, them. yes. Yes. Anyway, yeah. Um, car spots at this end, absolutely none. Oh, no. I did go looking for interesting cars, and I found nothing. Absolutely none. Um, and I did nearly get taken out by a white van the other day, a long wheelbase white van, mm. that uh, was doing about well, about 20 over the limit in a 30 zone. Yeah. Um, and, yes, yeah, so there was some gnashing of teeth and wailing. Anyway, we've been talking about Christmas presents for classic car fans or yeah. just petrol heads over the last few weeks. There was one I thought of. We should have included this because I think it's a great present. It was a great mm. present new back in the day. I think it's still a great present. Now, they're not cheap, though. I mean, right. um, it's the Motor Road Test Annual, oh, yeah. published by Motor Magazine. Mm. And the reason I like it so much is because that was one of the things that got me so much into motoring, into cars. When I was a kid. It was yeah. a Christmas present in 1977. It was a 1978 uh, Motor Road Test Annual. It was one of my presents. 
and I think it cost all of £2.75. Mm. Um, I half cheated, I looked at the cover. They now go for 30 odd quid each. Yeah. Um, but they're fantastic. They've got maybe 30, 40 tests of cars, well written tests. Exactly. With, a lot, with the suitcase test, of course, included fantastic. in that. Yeah. yeah. And they've been compartmentalized. You've got handling, might have four stars, economy, more well, maybe just a two, ride comfort, you know, and so on and so forth. And it's great. Mm. Wonderful. And you get great value because you get so many different cars included in it. Yeah. So you might get one, for example, with a Maserati Camson and, I don't know, an Allegro 1300 yeah. in the same book. And there's 30 or 40 of those. Um, so they're, they're great value. They're a great read. And they're something to treasure and keep. That's just my suggestion. If you're looking for something that's got a bit of lasting value and some great, it's a great read in and of itself, go for that. Um, I'm not being paid to say this. Uh, I did try, but nobody would come up with any money for it. So. No. <laughs> just the usual. What about you, James? you thought of any more? Well, the only thing uh, I sort of come back to is actually uh, people who like uh, a bit of spannering and uh, maybe it is to go and buy some spanners. Um, and actually, Halfords, uh, again, not we're not being paid for this, uh, uh, folks, sadly, um, always seems to have pretty good offers on. And uh, at the moment, I mean, if you if you wanted, I mean, may, mainly this is something to I I would suppose if your if your other half or your loved one uh, wanted to get you something and uh, you suggested. Uh, that you know that, that you'd like um, a 175 piece socket set um, it's down from 255 pounds to uh, 204 pounds um, but if you're very mean like me and all you need is a 25 piece uh, set uh, it's 12 pounds 50 down from 15 pounds 69 so uh, but the uh, response I get from people who do know about um, using spanners and so forth is actually they are pretty good quality they do um, they do sort of um, uh, seem to work very very well so uh, um, there are other places where you can get spanners of course but um, Halfords doesn't seem too bad and I, I, certainly for the last uh, month or two when I've been looking they've, they've got quite a few offers on where you can save a fair amount of money so mm. uh, yeah if you if you need a socket set now is the time to do it yeah uh, what I would recommend in the spanner front is a Rancher mm. spanner I yeah. think they're fantastic mm. uh, effectively a combination spanner or a hybrid spanner and a socket yeah it's got the attributes of both. Mm. And, yeah, I, I really rate those. I keep buying them. And I keep losing them. I don't know what really? happens to them. Oh, yeah. Right. They've got to be somewhere. Yeah, well, someone uh, does that, I think. Anyway, shall we move on to this week's banger or classic? Oh, right. And I have an absolutely no preparation for this. Anyway, my mind's made up. Mm. But this is one that you, I think, like. It's a car that yeah. has found favour with James Rupert, Esquire, Lord of this parish. And it is Lee Suzuki and Jimny. Oh, really? Fire away. It well, is. I, I suppose um, uh, some people might refer me, uh, you know, refer to me as um, uh, Jimny Ruppert, uh, even. But uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't obviously answer to that. Um, but uh, really, that's not a cricket, old boy. No, it's not, is it? Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I do have a soft spot. I, I mean, and I didn't mind its predecessor, uh, the SJ four ten, uh, either, which was uh, sort of even more sort of old fashioned Jeep like uh, in its um, in its appearance, but. Uh, the Jimny, uh, I, I don't know. I've just, uh, I've just had so many uh, people over the years um, who said, "Yeah, I've got a Jimny. It does everything, um, you know, apart from, you know, tow, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, a two-ton boat or something. Um, it'll, it'll do certainly when it comes to off-road stuff. And they don't seem to break down too badly either. Um, so although they look preposterous uh, in a way, um, they are, they, they really do." Uh, work as uh, off-road vehicles and certainly when you compare them to 
ones that might have Land Rover badges on them, uh, which could possibly break down at uh, any time. <laughs> um, they do seem to keep going. So yeah, I rather like the. I I, I think I like their um, their. I respect their brutal honesty um, in that what they do is um, uh, they will. You know, they're not great on road. They're 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 okay. But certainly, if you if you wanted to use them. Uh, in a muddy environment uh, that it wouldn't let let you down and uh, I've got a lot of respect for that so it, it's a yes from me I suppose right I still like them um, yeah. I, I appreciate they're very good off-road yeah um, but they look ridiculous uh, they're, <laughs> they're too tall relative to the track I don't think that makes for a good handling car obviously it doesn't make for a good handling car no. Um, I'm not sure how they cope with the L test. Maybe they maybe they do fine, but yeah. they, they don't look as if they should. They yeah. do look a bit sort of top heavy. So yeah, I just don't like that. Um, I knew somebody who owned one once. Mm. Never took it off road. It was bought as a sort of pose mobile. Yeah, uh, they, they thought they would pose around in it, and uh, yeah, I thought they looked ridiculous personally. They obviously thought I looked ridiculous as well. They mm. were probably quite correct, but I'm not even going to go there. No, I just cannot find it in my heart to say the Suzuki Jimny is a classic. I just can't. Sorry. It's a banger for me. The Grand Vitara quite I actually mm. did quite like because we had one of those. And yeah. it was quite a good little car. It was a 2.7 V6 version. And it was fairly reliable. It did what it said on the tin. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was quite comfortable to drive. It was quite good to drive. I never felt it was imbalanced or unbalanced as a car. thought you know, it was quite good. And it could tow as well. So, yeah, that's it. If I had the money, um, well, not if I had the money, if I was in the market for car of that type i would probably be going for an older vitara rather mm. than the chimney yeah well from the chimney from the same era um spent the extra just because of the extra the extra versatility the way mm. you can carry more and you can tow though the chimney probably does i suppose have the edge off road but, yeah. but there we go so uh that's another banger a classic mr whippet's gone classic i've gone banger and well we'll just leave it at that and take a quick break in next week's christmas special edition of bangers and classics there will be crackers, turkeys, and James Robert will read out his message to the nation. Don't miss it. And so we're back after that short break, and we're going to dive into something. What is that, James? Oh, hang on. I think I remember myself. Yeah. Classic of the week. Right. And the rules are, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've broken them. You know, I fought the law hmm. and the law my ass, but never mind. Yeah. The rules were, the rules I've just broken were, hmm. Find a, a cracking classic car, try yeah. something that with a shot on you, for £10,000 or less. It must have a valid MOT or be MOT exempt. And since I've broken the rules, I might as well start for a change this week. And James James can bring it all back to nice and apple pie squaredness, etc. Oh, really? Yeah, you can, bring it, you can bring it back into a nice apple pie state oh, okay. for us. Um, the car I saw is this partly in response to a comment by uh, Mr. Corrugated, I believe. No, I, I thought I thought we show an awful lot of French car love. We do. He's, he was we kidding do. us all. He was be, he was being ironic. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I called him Mr. Corrugated in reply. He, it's, yeah. So so Matthew, this one's for you. The car I've seen, and it's a little bit more expensive. It's twelve thousand pounds. It's a 1979 Citroen GSX3. It's left-hand drive, and it's covered all of about eighteen thousand miles. It's a bit, it's on classic. Sorry, uh, it's on car and classic. It's being sold by the Chevronic Centre Limited. Ah, quite a nice name for a Citroen specialist. Mm. And it was uh, found in a barn, apparently, um, in Bergerac in France. Um, but it was a South African specification car. Yeah. 
and it's got some unusual things on it. Apparently, it comes with forged lower arms, well, and traditional pressed ones, and it's got reinforced front and rear subframes. Now, it was brought into the UK, and they say it's been repainted and recommissioned, and the, the repaint looks very good in the photographs. And they say the structure of the car is excellent and original interior. And again, it looks good. And uh, as the X3 model, it's got a 1.3 litre engine. Well, and the, the smaller capacity engines fitted to, to other GSs, apart, of course, from the Bywater, which we'll come to in a minute. And it's a sort of orangey colour. I'm not quite sure if it, um, if it were a matter, I'd probably call it Vulcan orange. But um, it's a sort of orangey red colour. Um, and it looks in absolutely spiffing condition, and it's certainly well worth checking out. The GS is a good-looking car to begin with, and this is a particularly good-looking GS. So there we go. But I'm not going to stop there, uh, because I wrote an article some years ago about one of my favourite cars, uh, which I have seen, <clears throat> seen once in the wild, was a Citroen GS by Rotor. And as many people will know, Basically, Citroen bought as many as they could back of these cars and scrapped them, scrapped all the spares, etc. Uh, after they ran out of money and were effectively taken over by Peugeot. There's maybe a couple hundred survived that. How many are left today is unknown. However, there's one up for sale, and it's in the Channel Islands. It's a 1974 GS by and it's said to be in extremely good condition. Under 50,000 miles from near. And I would say, you know, it's, it's a particularly interesting classic. It was a technological dead end, of course, for Citroen with the rotary engine. But fabulous idea, fabulous looking car, drives very well. It's a sort of car, basically, it's more like a CX under the skin than a GS. It's actually got very little in common, believe it or not, with the GS. It looks like it, but... Um, so many panels and parts are different and in some ways it actually more resembles a CX but here's the thing, for such a rare car and there's maybe only a couple of these in the UK it's £24,950 now when you see Fiesta's XR2 is going for that money uh, Capri's going for much more than that this is a genuinely rare car they come up for sale very very infrequently and certainly I haven't seen one for sale in a long time and uh, that money, I think it's a good buy. Just my personal opinion. So um, we'll move swiftly on from my episode of rule breaking to Mr. Ruppert and his wonderful compliance with the rules. And we'll, we'll find out what he's got for us. Well, who knows? It was strange because when I was looking uh, around with uh, that uh, budget that we have, and I'm sure actually you probably, um, because you probably saved a few thousand pounds over the last few weeks, you're, you're more than entitled to uh, load it up occasionally. Um, and that is a very special car, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I stumbled across um, uh, a Vauxhall Nova SR, and it was, it was, it was uh, no, but um, this isn't my choice. But it was sixteen, it was sixteen thousand pounds. It was like sixteen wow. nine nine, but yeah. And I thought, oh, maybe it's done about three miles. No, so you know, it's done about forty thousand miles. So, oh, so there you go. The whole world is mad. So um, uh, that choice of yours, um, you, you know, that, that seems incredibly good value in you know in the current climate where mm. uh, nothing seems to make sense at all. No, um, but there you go. I was going to annoy you, David, by buying an XJS. I so much enjoyed uh, driving <laughs> across Europe in one that uh, I saw quite a late four liter. Uh, it was a 1995, so it was one of the last ones. And uh, 
that was nine thousand pounds but no i i thought well what i'll do uh is i'll i'll buy the best um limousine that uh, money could ever buy and uh, go for uh, the best uh, version of the s class which is a 1990 um s500 miles uh mot history and all that gas um being sold in a in a posh uh, part of london so i'm, I'm assuming the owner uh, may have had it for some time and uh, that's always good um and yeah that that was uh, 8990 so it seems seems quite reasonable apparently full history and everything and uh yeah that that would that would suit me as uh, a, a a way to get around i do i do like a limousine from time to time although i, I do enjoy my smaller cars um if i was going to have a larger one um i think uh, an s class would be uh, a very nice way to travel them and it's got every single extra you would you would possibly ever need um it's, uh, <laughs> built, you just really, i mean anything that's been invented in the last 10 years is just rubbish you know it, it is you know if you can't keep you know between the white lines on a on a road then you don't deserve to be on the road so you know uh you know you know some warning uh, sound going off to tell you that you're straying all over the road um uh the you know the mercedes s class assumed that you were a mature adult and uh you know and you could handle the road and so yeah i would probably go for go for that i just like the idea of it i thought christmas is coming up it'll get me uh, to where i want to go uh, at christmas time and um so yeah it's a mercedes s that, that's all i have to say it's an s500 so you know it's got the not quite the biggest but one of one of the biggest uh, engines that they put under the bonnet and uh, that would be fine. So um, that's how I'm going to. But you're 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 going to be bi rotoring everywhere. I'm going to be V8ing. Well, I was going to go for the one the one point three the X three just because yeah. it was closer to budget. Going back to Mercedes, James. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you a question. Oh, okay. You say it's got every conceivable extra. It has. Does, yeah. Does absolutely. it does it come with its own towel? Um, I don't know why you'd need that. Dave. Well, if so, you can get someone to run up to a parking spot yeah. and put it on it so it's reserved for you. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I, had to get, I had to get some yeah. sort of bad, bad taste remark in there somewhere. Uh, you know, well, they, 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 there we go. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I, ha- I have driven some Mercs and one yeah. or two of them were, were quite nice, but yeah. uh, they're just not cars for me. Um, um, I don't know what I am these days. <laughs> I think I'm, rebe- I'm rebelling against everything again. That's it. Um, I'll start rebelling against myself soon. That's good. That'll be fun. Anyway, that's somewhat anarchic note. We will take another break. You're listening to Bangers and Classics, the greatest motoring podcast of them all. Well, except for the ones that are better, but never mind those. And we're back after that break. And the next segment of the show is something we've concocted with it being Christmas. I'll take the blame for this because it's not James's fault. It's one of my stupid ideas. But obviously, at Christmas, certain things always happen. And one of them, for many people, seems to be having to go and spend Christmas with their in-laws. Now, sometimes that can be a great experience. Other times, perhaps not so much. And I was thinking, well, supposing you don't really want to go and see your in-laws, what can you do about it? And the answer is not much, unless you're this chap. Because there's a chap I know who was half dozing in his armchair, and when what passed for his reverie, was interrupted by the arrival at great speed and uh, certainly a great downward velocity of a large chap in a red suit, white hair and a beard and a booming voice. And he announced himself, uh, having, of course, cleaned up the dust, etc. that he'd uh, he'd created. He said, you've been good all year, according to my book. 
And for that, I can fix you up with a car that, if you choose wisely, will guarantee to break down on the road to the in-laws and that will require you to return home for the big day. I'm going to make this a bit sporty. You have to choose the right car. If you choose something that's inherently reliable, no one will believe it. The car won't break down and you'll have to go through with the day. So this chap I know got in touch with us and said, well, what kind of car should I go for? Now, I've got some thoughts about that, uh, but I'm sure James is the expert in Bangonomics and many other things besides um, soundtracks, Bond girls, you name it. James knows about it. He's going to tell us what the right car is. Well, it's very nice of you to say that, David. I'm, I don't know whether I am an expert in all of those things. <laughs> oh, and uh, more, and more. Maybe, maybe some of them I might be. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't know whether you're going to choose a Triumph Stag just to annoy everyone. Um, no. Uh, I would probably pick almost uh, any Land Rover that's not a Series 3 uh, and certainly a Discovery 2 because um, I've had terrible experience with one of those ones which which basically died. Although actually on the whole it was okay. It's just towards the end of its uh, uh, life um, it became incredibly unreliable. Uh, but no, what I, what, I, what I want for Christmas is um, uh, there's, there, there's sort of two that uh, I, I would pick. Uh, uh, an Aston Martin Lagonda. Uh, which were furiously complicated uh, uh, electronics on those, and I don't believe anybody ever completed a journey in one of those. They look great. They look, they look, you know, stunning. They've got pop-up headlamps and everything, which uh, always makes a car for us. Um, but uh, a lot of uh, people I sort of knew who who had them, uh, they were constantly uh, in a state of not working, and uh, I think that. Uh, probably on the morning, um, and especially if it, if it was cold, uh, I think the uh, dashboard would uh, uh, just sort of commit suicide, really. And uh, uh, I don't think you'd be going anywhere at all. So one of those, um, or you could always go for a, a Lamborghini Miura, which uh, would otherwise just catch catch a light. At least it would keep you warm on uh, you know when you're waiting for all the recovery services uh, and not going to the in-laws. Um, but uh, uh, those who are, I, I would put, pick two exotic cars um, to uh, not uh, spend Christmas with your indoors in. Uh, I don't know if you would disagree with those at all, David. It wasn't aware that the Mura had a, a reputation of being a bit of a, a firecatcher, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, there's yeah. lots. Yeah, you can find it. Yeah, if you look into it a bit, there's there's quite a lot of poor people who, who are crying next to their Mura, which is on fire. It couldn't be that poor if they could afford one. Well, <laughs> I think they're probably thinking of the restoration. I know yeah. that uh, it's it's uh, purely an, an insurance job, but uh, no, I think there are there are there, there do seem to be an awful lot of instances of the surviving mirrors that um, uh, overheat and catch a light. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you said the Triumph Stag. I wasn't going to go there. No, for obvious okay. reasons. Too no, obvious. it's just it's just too it, obvious. It is. Um, I was thinking of offering the chap a Jeep Cherokee. Yeah, because um, well, you know all about this, James. It's just, yes, it's, right, yeah. it's just had a thousand quid mm. clutch replacement on it um, to sort of an alleged problem with uh, the drivetrain, and the clutch is still giving the same problem, even though it's a brand new clutch and a dual mass flywheel. So what the heck is going on with it? I don't know, but you can't travel more than about thirty miles in it before all all hell breaks loose. Uh, with the car, so uh, you can have that one, but that really wasn't where I was going. I mean, I was going to go mm. down the the bangers and classics XJS as well, and you see, but they are not that unreliable. No, well, they're, they're great. 
Well, it would be when I was finished, well, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, sugar in the petrol tank, etc. All, all, all the dodges, James. But no, no. Um, I was really struggling to think of something that's hideously unreliable, mm. and then it came to me. It has to be, I'm afraid, the princess. All right. Right, and I don't like doing this because I actually do have a little bit of a soft spot for the princess. They are proper collector's cars, James. They really yeah. are because every so often you've got to stop and collect the bits that have fallen off them. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but um, they were just hideously unreliable. Oh, in fact, scratch the princess. I'm going to go deeper than that. I'm going to go Rover SD1, not the V8. I'm going to go for one of the six-cylinder versions. Mm. You've got a 2300 or a 2600. Um, I'm going to go for the 26. Uh, because they were introduced with engines that were hideously underdeveloped mm. and consequently were very unreliable. They looked they looked a million dollars, um, but unfortunately they were hopeless. And one of those things would be guaranteed not to get you too relative, but you'd look very stylish and so doing. You'd look great parked by the side of the road and you were over waiting for the AA or the RAC or whomever else to come and fetch you and take you back home. Um, so that's what I'm going to go for, Rover 2600 SD1. So I think, you know, it's a, it's a little bit less expensive than your Lamborghini Mura as well. Um, yeah. So I'm appealing more to sort of, you know, the common denominator as, 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 as it were. Anyway, so we've got one more thing for this week's podcast. It's quite a short one, I think, this week, um, mainly because I couldn't think of it into my of <laughs> well, it's, been, it's been that sort of week. I'm not going to go into it, but anyway, not, not to worry. Um, so another new idea. It's called The Danger List, and... This is where James and I select a car that's heading for extinction in the UK and tell listeners why they should save one. I'm going to call it a Danger Mobile. And this week's Danger Mobile is, James, the Renault 9. Mm. Now, there were very few of those left in the UK. And as at the most recent figures, there are 81 on UK roads with 77 on Sorn. So there's still a few left, mm. but the, the, the trend is ever downwards, as, as I hate to say. And every year, a few less appear on the road. And how long it is before we're down to fewer than 50 um, is anyone's guess, but it can't be long. So anyway, the Renault 9, what would you say about it? Is there any redeeming features you you can think of? It was a car of the year in 1982, I think, David. Wasn't it, it was a car of the year, mm. that's correct. Uh, which is rather a surprise in a way, because it, it, it wasn't a remarkable car. It was, a, it was quite an ordinary sort of car really i mean i sort of see um uh, the 9 and uh, 11 as sort of uh, alternative versions of the uh, austin maestro and uh, montego oh no no no, no 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 i know they came slightly afterwards <laughs> but uh, um uh, yeah i mean professionally i was slightly involved um with the renault nines and elevens of that era i know we're just talking about the nines um and yeah i mean it was quite a nice booted booted little car so James, the Renault Nine, um, mm. you said, yeah, it's a nice little car to, to some degree, unremarkable. Yeah, car of the year. Yeah. Anything else you can think of positive about it? Positive, not really. Um, it was just a, I just thought it was a very ordinary little um, car. I quite like it, and now it, it does look quite an interesting little boxy uh, thing. It's a saloon, and you know, uh, 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 that that market for the for, for the saloon is completely gone. Uh, mm. uh, Certainly in this country, you know, you can't you can't buy a small saloon uh, or a cheap small saloon anymore, and that's exactly what it was. Um, so yeah, it was okay, but you know, nothing to get too t- too excited about. 
Um, but I can see why uh, it will be missed because you don't see them. Yeah. Well, the nine, I mean, came out, I think, slightly ahead of the Montego. It was probably about did, two, yeah. two, three years earlier. And it did have one thing that, that took the Montego a little bit longer to get. That was a turbo version. Mm. There was a Renault 9 Turbo, which I've never driven, um, but I have driven and owned 11 turbos. Yeah. And they were fantastic cars. I have to yeah. say, I also have driven, um, even sort of inherited at one point, a cooking Renault 9. It was a Renault 9 with a 1.4 engine. Yeah. And it wasn't a fireball. It wasn't an exciting car, but it drove pretty well. It mm. was pretty economical. It did what it had to do. Um, yeah. It was pretty good transport. And the clever thing about the 9 and the DT11 was the front seats, the yeah. monotrace front seats. The, um, the rail for the front seats was centrally mounted so basically rear seat passengers could stick their feet either side of it under the front seat gave them a little bit more foot room mm. a little bit more comfort which i thought was quite clever and the certainly in the, the turbo version the driver's seat could pivot which again if you're tall like me is great because you get you get a much more comfortable driving position and they did drive very very well indeed i mean you would say they look unremarkable the nines and probably for being Brutally honest, the Elevens too, but um, I think they were a good little product at the time. Mm. They, they certainly, they certainly weren't an embarrassment. Um, no, 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 no. They were, they were, they were a very decent effort, and some of the models actually were quite good. There was the electronic version, uh, certainly of the Eleven, which was slightly, I suppose, gimmicky digital dash, and then of course, I see you had the turbo versions, yeah. which really did go very, very well indeed. There were a few things to like about them. Uh, and I certainly do like them, and no, I would right. be I would be glad to see them saved, as it were, because there were very few left in the UK, and I think they deserve a little bit better than that. That's just my opinion. But well, no, you, you, you're right. I mean, it was actually internationally quite a successful car because uh, there were there was actually um, uh, an AMC version, wasn't there? Uh, well, yeah, Renault, Motors, yeah, yeah, Renault, Renault basically mm. bought into the AMC, mm. and it was sold in America as. Uh, the Alliance, I believe, and the Eleven were sold. The Eleven were sold as the Encore, mm. and they sold several hundred thousand of them in America. Yeah. That ended really when General Motors bought AMC, and that was Renault's involvement over in the end of the Renault Nine Eleven stateside. So yeah, we'd like to see those saved. So if you if you get offered a Renault Nine at a reasonable price, particularly one of the more interesting models, but even if it isn't, just get it. Yeah. There's a lot of noise in the background, James. Well, David, if you remember, you signed off on the Bangers and Classics uh, workshop, uh, which is um, coming to fruition. So I'm actually on site making sure that, um, you know, all the uh, all the big doors and the uh, jacks and everything is being put into place correctly. So um, hopefully I that'll, was... be, that'll be up and running for the new year. I thought you were at the film studio. I thought there was some, <laughs> they were building sets there today. Oh, nothing as glamorous as that, uh, David. Now we're in we're, we're in full workshop mode here. Ah, right. Okay, so we don't have this sort of office that drops down a couple of levels and becomes shadow headquarters. Well, you you you, you never know, do you? That's, uh, you never know. Always a possibility. Anyway, next week's podcast is going to be the one before Christmas. That will be the Christmas special podcast. Oh, great! Um, yes, uh, I believe. Have you, you got any idea what we're doing for that, David? Um, drinking heavily, probably. Oh, that's um, okay. <laughs> well, we might invite some some interesting cars along. Yeah, um, I'd invite some interesting people. If I knew any that would talk to me, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I suppose see what we come yeah. up with. We're bound, we're bound to come up with something. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Santa will pop in. 
Yeah, well, he could do, couldn't he? Absolutely. Next week's might be the last podcast of 2021, but then again, perhaps not. Um, we'll probably know next week. So if you tune in, then we will tell you. But thanks for listening in the meantime. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, I'm just going to uh, turn the stopcock off again. Mm-hmm.